like the zip occurrence. Quick shot, left side. There's Malachi Coy. First guy misses. Second guy misses. Across the 50, flag in the play. He's free. Bye-bye. Malachi Coy. Up to the races as they set for the race. 94 yards and a cloud of dust for Western Kentucky. State, a team that won 12 games a year ago, got the Mountain West Championship game. Chance to get off the bat no season, a conference opener, but it's Genty who slips the tackle, runs up field, Ashton Genty, touchdown! We'll punt first down to 10, looking for that end zone, he's got Harvey, and that's a catch for a touchdown! Old Dominion breaks the ice! With 7.05 to go here in the fourth, it's Javon Harvey holds in touchdown number two on the year. The G5 Hive. All G5, all the time. Welcome to episode five of the G5 Hive, where myself, Justice, and my co-host, Luke, will bring you all that sweet honey and nectar on the week four and G5 college football. What's going on, Luke? How you doing tonight? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Had a pretty good day of work. Got done a little early uh, with some of my stuff that I normally have to do. Take kid to football, uh, work out, all that stuff. Uh, watching a little bit of uh, the Cincinnati and Rams game and going to hang out tonight with you. And let's talk some G5. Right. How about you? Right. I, I'm doing well. Just uh, my daughter's sick, so I had to deal with that today. But other than that, it's it's been a pretty easy day, I guess. So, um, let's, let's get started with what the swarm needs to know. That's our news and notes section. Um, we're gonna start off with some injury news. So, Daquan Finn got carted to the locker room this past week with an apparent shoulder injury. Tucker Gleason came in and took his place. I haven't seen any updates on that. Uh, matter of fact, I saw like a beat writer right today that basically the head coach kind of didn't address the situation, um, which is not a shock in college football. Um, so just kind of stay tuned. Um, if you have better options at quarterback or we get some word, um, you know, whether he's going to start or not, uh, just kind of pay attention if, if you need him to start this week. Uh, Jacoby Jones, wide receiver, Ohio, was on crutches this past week. Um, his status moving forward is to be determined. So if he's on your roster, uh, continue to uh, monitor that situation as we get closer to uh, this week's games. And a, a situation near and dear to my heart, uh, ODU quarterback Grant Wilson got pulled for Jack Shields this past week. Uh Wilson threw three interceptions, and he was pulled uh, for the rest of the game. Jack Shields came in, and Shields, uh, I mean, he played adequate. That's how I would describe it. I guess, I mean, he didn't he didn't make any mistakes. Um, they won the game, but they were playing Texas A&M Commerce, and they only won 10-9, to and so it was just ugly from the get-go. Um, it also should be noted that wide receiver Javon Harvey uh, he did not play in that game. Um, he Ooh. should be ready to go this week. Um, I believe they sat him and some others uh, just more out of precaution. I think they expected to kind of it be an easy week. Um, it didn't turn out that way, um, but they did get the, the W at the end. 
And then the last note on Old Dominion is running back Keyshawn Weeks. He was uh, Keyshawn Wicks was in a car accident earlier in the day on Saturday, and he also did not play. But uh, supposedly he's he's fine. He's just a little shaken up um, from the car accident, and he should be good to go moving forward. Um, but I will say this: if you're starting a player from this ODU offense, um, God bless your soul. Uh, <laughs> They, it's just it's the offensive line is, coming up. The offensive line is terrible. They've given up 18 sacks in the last two weeks. Um, to give up 10 sacks to Wake Forest, yeah, whatever. But eight sacks to Texas A&M Commerce, which was a Division II team just a few years ago, that's kind of crazy. And then guess who they get this week? The sack leaders and FBS Marshall Thundering Herd. So. Um, I would not be looking to start any ODU players this week unless I absolutely had to. But if you're an IDP league, fire up those Owen Porter and Sam Robert defensive line shares for Marshall. Um, I think if he, I've, I've got asked this question twice today. What's wrong with the ODU offense? And quite simply, the, the offense lets the, lets the defense dictate the play call. So if they're going to load the box – it's going to be a pass play every time. And that's exactly what Wake Forest did in the second half, and that's exactly what Texas A&M Commerce did the entire game. They loaded the box and blitzed the quarterback. And they're betting money that the offensive line is so bad that their blitzers are going to get to the quarterback before he can get rid of the ball. Um, and that's exactly the game plan. I expect Marshall to do the same exact thing, and everyone's going to do it until ODU proves that they have an answer for it. Um, and so – and that's also something that I just I, I wrote an article about it that, you know, people are really high on this offense, but to get the players that you need to run this offense, it's going to take a little bit of recruiting to get guys to ODU. You're not just going to change a system and have the offensive lineman that you need to run this system, the running backs, the court, like, I mean, granted, they brought in a quarterback, you know, that was in that system, but you know, especially the offensive line is something that you've got to get the right guys in. The sacks aren't all on the offensive line. Um, you know, part of it's the quarterback holding the ball too long, wide receivers not getting separations. It's it's, it's a combination of all those things. But the O-line it, it play has not been good. Um, and so I, I, I wouldn't be shocked they don't want another game the rest of the season. Um on to some more injury news. UTSA wide receiver DeCorian Clark did not travel with the team to play Tennessee. And also wide receiver Chris Carpenter also did not play in the game due to injury. Um, hopefully he comes back for uh, UTSA. should also be noted that Frank Harris didn't play in the game against Tennessee. Um, Eddie Lee Marburger started. And then I, don't, I can't remember his name. The third stringer also got some action in that game. Um, running back George Halani was out once again for Boise State. That's great for all our Ashton Jainty shares. Um, Not only is he a top back in the G5, but he is a top back in all of college football. How do you think this is going to work out when Halani comes back? Do you, do you, do you, is, is there an alter, alternate universe where Halani says, you know what, um, I'm done for the year. I'm going to, you know, I played what, I don't know, what do you play, two games already? Um, I'm going to I'm gonna redshirt 
preserve that year of eligibility and and transfer. And I, maybe he can't even redshirt. Maybe he already burned a redshirt. I don't know. But you know, yeah, I think he already has a redshirt. Technically, with COVID, I'm pretty sure he could come back for two years. Um, but it's interesting to see how the situation plays out. I think, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think, you know, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Now, like even having like 50-50, like Gentry's got to be like in the slot. He's got to be, it's got to be a two-back system. Uh, he's definitely got to get a lot more of the, the touches. But I think they this coaching staff really likes Halani and like what he's done for the program. And it's more one of those like, thank you for everything you've done for us, we're going to still give you some carries type thing. So I mean, whether I that's see, the right I thing to do, I don't know. Short yardage guy or the goal line guy, right? That would kind of make some sense, I guess. Um, maybe the, maybe that's the role they use them in. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure when he gets, he gets healthy. Um, we'll see. We'll see some more uh, Halani. Wide receiver, tight end, uh, Dalvin Smith, Western Kentucky, missed another game. Um, he was reportedly dressed out for the game, but he did not play. Um, but but uh, you, you got some news on that, right, Luke? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, based off of reading some tea leaves, uh, I believe Dalvin Smith will be able to play this week. Yeah, that so game something, if, you, if you're in a tight – if you're in a tight spot, um, we'll know relatively soon. We've got Middle Tennessee on Thursday night, so you'll know if he's active or not. Um, but there's also sp- supposed to be a lot of rain, like a lot of rain in a short amount of time. So we'll see how, how that all plays out. But I honestly would not be afraid to fire up some Dalvin Smith shares. Especially if you can play him at tight end. Uh, with the, the, the way mm-hmm. the tight end landscape is looking. Um, Malik Sherrod versus Elijah Gilliam out at uh, Fresno State. So this week, Sherrod had more carries. Gilliam had the touchdowns. Um, yeah. <laughs> to me, that's just something, I don't know, like I'm probably not starting either one of them. Um, I think Sherrod ends up being the between the 20s back and Gilliam – yeah, uh, is your red zone type guy? Yeah, I mean that's kind of sad for us that own either one because you, you we we always want the workhorse right, but in this case maybe there just isn't going to be one. Um, but I tried tenor. to play justice. You know, I think when Sherrod comes back, he's going to eat into it. Tried to tell you. Yeah, I mean, and I'm a Sherrod owner. I don't. I didn't. I, I don't own any Gilliam. Um, okay. But- all right. As, as a Sherrod owner, I, I I want I want him to be the man, right? You know. So, um, <laughs> but it doesn't look like it's necessarily going to work out that way. But speaking of a workhorse, has Tulsa found their workhorse running back in the form of Anthony Watkins? Um, up until this past week, it had kind of been a three-headed monster with Watkins, Ford, and Jackson. Uh, but this past week, Watkins looked like the clear leader in the room getting the bulk of the carries, and, and he looked good. Um, anything you want to share there, Luke? Yeah, I think this is going to be Anthony Watkins' backfield going forward. Uh, I am under the impression that Watkins, Ford, and 
uh, Gary will all get opportunities, but it will be a, you know, hot hand type of approach. But if you've got Anthony Watkins shares, like with that offensive line, I feel comfortable that he is the best back on that team. And that hot hand more times than not is going to be Anthony Watkins. Fire up your Anthony Watkins shares. And uh, some more running back news. Emmanuel Michelle from Air Force does not look to be a one-week wonder. He had another huge game this past week. Um, he wasn't picked up after uh, week three. He's probably going to be picked up now. Um, he, he looks like the man in, the, in that uh, Air Force um, backfield. They, they fed him a lot. He had like 30, I want to say 33 carries. Something like that in the game. I don't um, it, was. it was a lot. Yep. And uh, yeah, and I, I don't, I don't see that kind of stopping. Um, John Lee Eldridge had a decent game, but he only got ten carries. Um, Michelle looks like the the running back to own at, at Air Force. And then we've got some news that Gage Larvadane uh, got a little nicked up in the game. But there is, quote, a good chance he'll be ready to go in the near future. That didn't say next week. That didn't say in two weeks. Just said the near future. So if you have uh, Gage Larvadine, something to monitor on Twitter, on the X, whatever it is. Uh, is he dressed out? Is he playing? Something that I will be keeping my eye on there. Uh, Frank Harris, UTSA, is dealing with a turf toe injury. Did not play this week. Um, to having turf toes is very painful. He's a, he's a mobile quarterback, so that could limit his uh, fantasy production there on the running side. So something to keep an eye on there. Nevada quarterback Brendan Lewis uh, was limping towards the end of the game. We'll see if he's able to go against Fresno State on Saturday. Uh, Louisiana Monroe, Hunter Herring was injured, so <laughs> Jaya Wright started in week three so we will see how that quarterback room goes uh saturday into app state to play and then also on the app state side opening day starter ryan berger was injured this is about the time that they said he would be back but joey aguilar has been playing pretty good for app state i'll be curious to see if berger gets the uh nod you know, you'd hate to lose your job to injury, but it's the nature of the beast. It's college football. Coaches want wins, and he, he's done pretty well. Uh, North Texas quarterback job seems to be uh, settled. You know, Preston – or Stone Earl started at the beginning, but two weeks back-to-back -back that Chandler Rogers has got the nod. So against Abilene Christian, expect Chandler Rogers to get that start. We had a, a weak absence from Wyoming quarterback Andrew Paisley. Uh, he played this last week with an AC sprain. So he might not throw it as much or as far for an ADOT due to this AC sprain, but just something to be aware of. Obviously, you know, taking sacks is a big concern of landing back on that shoulder. So I assume there will be a lot of low ADOT, quick passes, get the ball out and go. Uh, UNLV. We had Brumfield out this week, so Jaden Mavia got the start. And then something that, uh, Justice, you mentioned to me today was uh, 
you saw something that JT Daniels had a lower body injury and uh, just something to be aware of going into this this weekend. Sounds like he will play, or at least is lobbying for it, but something that I haven't really seen a lot of news around, so something to be aware of. Then NIU, we could have a quarterback shakeup on our hands. Again, something uh, to watch. Uh, many of you, if you own an NIU quarterback, own Rocky Lombardi, but he was replaced in the second quarter for Ethan Hampton, who then proceeded to have two interceptions. So, you know, does Rocky Lombardi start? Does he play the whole game? Something to watch. Maybe avoid this week if you can. Good news for UMass. Uh, they have missed three straight games with having Tyson Fomachon as their quarterback, but he looks to be returning this week. So good news there for the Minutemen. And my last piece of news here is Hank Bachmeyer against UTEP. It's unclear if he will go this week. He was he did have a shoulder injury, so missed this week, but he was available in an emergency situation. Now, I'm not sure as a quarterback if I'm not good enough. This is like the Jimmy G type thing. Like, hey, he's available in an emergency situation, but he can't throw the ball. Like, I don't know how how similar to that it is, but apparently he was available in an emergency situation. My guess is he'll be like that for the next couple weeks. But something to be aware of for Hank Bachmeyer. That's what I got, Justice. That, All right. What do you got for us for our G5 over P5 games this week? So the Sun Belt, uh, they continue to do this year in and year out, and that's beat some Power 5 teams. And this week, it was Marshall's turn. Uh, they beat Virginia Tech 24-17. to um, The game really wasn't as close as the score. At least I didn't feel like it. Uh, Marshall turned the ball over a couple times. Um but uh, or else I think it would have been much worse than it was. Um, so, yeah, Marshall over Virginia Tech is the only uh, G5 over P5 this week. Um, and uh, we do have a top 25 appearance by G5 this week. And that's Fresno State coming in at number 25. All right. All Speaking right. of uh, yep. Fresno State and the Mountain West, um this past week, uh, we had some news come out about uh, the Pac-12 and Mountain West possible um, merger and that they were considering a promotion relegation system in those merger talks. So they would have two Pac-12 teams, the 12 Mountain West teams. They would add two more teams to get them to, to a total of 16 between the – and they're going to keep Pac-12 and Mountain West. And eight of them are going to be Pac-12. Eight will be Mountain West. Um, the rumors were that North Dakota State and South Dakota State would be the two targets for addition, which I find very interesting. Um, I think they're both very deserving programs. I'm just not sure that they have the desire to move to the FBS. Um, I will say this. If they do have the desire, this is the perfect opportunity, right? Um it's not going to get any better nope. than this. So it'd be interesting to see what yep. they do if they are offered, you know, to join. I think what will be interesting is figuring out 
who those eight teams are for the Pac-12 because I would assume money talks. So I'm not going to assume that. I know money talks. Well, you know the I've two Pac-12. Are definitely, you know the two Pac-12. They're in the top eight from the get-go. You know that. Like that's a that's the starting yep. point. So then, what two? What other teams are going to bring in mon- the most money that we're going to keep in the Pac-12? Uh, and then you you had mentioned the promotion regulation system, so similar to what they use in soccer, where the bottom team—I uh, don't know if it'd be the bottom one or the bottom two teams—would so then they, drop. What they said is so. I'm not sure how they're going to determine who, other than the two Pac-12, who the other six are going to be initially. But moving forward, yep. the number eight in the Pac-12 automatically drops down to the Mountain West. Number one in the Mountain West automatically promotes to the Pac-12. Then, in the Pac-12, number six and seven play. The loser of that game drops down to the Mountain West. In the Mountain West, number two and number three play. The winner of that game moves up to the Pac-12. So it was going to be two move-ups and two move-downs every year. So that, I mean, that's exciting. Um Gives a different layer to, to to these games where you've got the teams that are out of it that are like playing some of their freshmen, seeing what they have. Well, you might not want to play them as as soon because those could be big games. Uh, also, with the NIL, I feel like you could make a juggernaut in the Pac-12 if if you have the money, like. Boise State seems to have some money. They've got new uh, renovations for their stadium. If they go to the Pac-12, what could they get? Um, obviously, revenue sharing will probably be a thing because right now you are saying that there are the teams in the Pac-12 are the good teams and the teams in the Mountain West are the bad teams. Right or wrong, that is what you are saying. And I... If you're going to have the two conferences merge and still keep the names, and one will be a G5 and one will be a P5, you're going to have to sh- share the money because otherwise, then your G5s are not going to have enough money to compete to get into the Pac 12, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, the detail, it'll be interesting how it works out. I, I'd li- I mean, it's a really cool, I think, and fun idea. Um, I think it'd be really cool, like if they did that across the board, right? So let's say the the SEC teams up with the Sun Belt. Um, it ain't, it's never gonna happen because it's just not. But it would be cool to see. I think like that promotion relegation uh, aspect. I think it, you know, it it will def it will definitely be cool, especially when we get to the Super Conference that. The Big Ten, the SEC, Big Twelve, like they just don't exist anymore. And this is the perfect chance for college football to see, hey, this is kind of cool. Do people like it and will it work? Yep. yep. So stay tuned to that. Uh hopefully uh it comes to fruition. Like I said, I think it'd be it'd be a pretty awesome idea to see. And like you say, maybe it may be a good model for the future of, of how to ke- kind of keep you know, the G5 uh, still kind of relevant in terms of opportunities to uh, play for a national championship. 
All right. With that, we are going to move to our players of the week. And first up is Luke. All right. So my player of the week is Arkansas State quarterback Jalen Rayner. A true freshman got the start in week four against Southern Miss as they win 44 to 38. Seven. He has 233 yards passing, three passing touchdowns, 97 yards on the run or on the ground, and two rushing touchdowns for five total touchdowns. Uh, big week, I believe. He was second in all of college football for fantasy points. Yep, I think. You're so, correct. congratulations, Jalen. Uh, for my player of the week was Byron Brown, number 17, the quarterback of the South Florida Bulls. He led those led them to a win over the Rice Owls, forty-two to twenty-nine. He had four hundred and thirty-five yards passing, two passing touchdowns, eighty-two yards rushing, and he added uh, and he added a touchdown on the ground. Um, he's been lights out, I feel like, for South Florida, um, and he's only a redshirt freshman, so you got three more years. Or both both of these players, you got three more years of uh, of um, production. The, the, the one thing about Rainer is hopefully Arkansas State can can keep keep a hold of him, uh, keep him there at Arkansas State. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to the good stuff, the nectar for this nectar. week. Nectar. Yeah, we That's got right. The top producers for the G5 uh, season to date. And we're going to start it off with, so Luke, if- with the quarterbacks. So if you're new to uh, the show here, we've got a threshold that we use here for our top producers for the G5. Volume is king. You know, we're going to follow a process. If you if you chase touchdowns, you're chasing results, and you could be disappointed. If you chase the opportunities, good things are bound to happen. So we've got our top 20 players that – throw the ball 30 times or more in a game. Then the top 20 who throw the most yards per game. And then we figure out which quarterbacks match both of those buckets. And these are the guys that make um, our uh, list here. So this week uh, we have 14, two more than last week. So adding some new guys here. Uh, We actually had three new guys join. So those are, if you're listening in podcast form, I'll I'll talk about the names, but if you're watching on YouTube, it's got a little star asterisk next to these names. So number one, Davis Bryn, Georgia Southern. Number two, Jacob Zeno, UAB. Number three, Braden Schrager, Hawaii. Number four, Mikey Keene, Fresno State. Number five, Austin Reed, Western Kentucky. Number six, Cole Snyder at Buffalo. Number seven, EJ Warner Temple. Number eight, Seth Hennigan and the Memphis Tigers. Now number 10, Braden Fowler Nelosi at a Colorado State. 11, Nicholas, v- is it Vatiato? Batiato. Batiato, uh, Middle Tennessee, Middle Tennessee State. So uh, Thursday night we've got a Middle Tennessee State against Western Kentucky. Should be a fun one. Number twelve, Preston Stone and SMU. 
Number 13, Gunnar Watson and Troy. Number 16, Grayson McCall and Coastal Carolina. And then uh, number 18, JT Daniels and Rice. So JT Daniels is the bottom guy there on attempts for those listening in podcast form at 31.25 attempts per game, while Davis Brin sits at the top at 45.5. And then you've got everything kind of in between. Yards per game um, are kind of anywhere between like 230 yards to 322 yards for these guys. So they're getting they're getting the yards here too. I I, I highly suggest if you are listening via podcast, at least you know skip ahead to you know this part here uh, so you can see the names. Uh, otherwise, it's just me and. Injustice, regurgitating a lot of stats at you, and I don't know how uh, palatable that is in a podcast form. Justice, is there anything you want to touch upon here, or, or should we get on um, to the running backs? No, I was just gonna say, you know, Batiato, McCall, and Daniels are the three new guys. Um, and yeah, I mean, that Middle Tennessee State Western Kentucky game this week should. If the weather doesn't affect it too much, that should that should be a high scoring game, um, for sure. And then I'm also really excited to see uh, Memphis high flying offense against uh, Boise State. So another great game. One one word of caution on Colorado State this week. Um, I'm not sure what they're gonna do, but they're playing Dixie State. So. When I when I, when you see like a matchup like that where they should blow them out, it always kind of concerns me a little bit because sometimes you know you, you can play them and they're going to get theirs right, but then sometimes they get they get pulled and uh, you know for for other oppor- you know other players to get opportunities to play. So just something to kind of pay attention to with Colorado State. Like I feel confident. Like I would feel confident in starting probably Tory Horton. Um, but anybody else I might uh, have a little more caution on this coming week. All right, moving on to our running backs. Uh, like uh, Luke was saying, we kind of do the, the top 20 there for total touches and total yards per game. We're looking for running backs that are in uh, both of those buckets. Um, sometimes we call them the 2020 guys. Um, last week we had 12 running backs. This week we have 12 running backs, but we do have two uh, new running backs this week that have uh, entered into the 2020 discussion here. Uh, the top running back in in terms of touches is Nate Noel from App State. Um, he's also fourth in yards per game. Uh, second running back is Marcus Carroll, George State. Second in touches, fifth in yards per game, and then uh, a uh, hey justice. I got a I got a quick th- uh on the slides. I for the viewers, I'm not seeing that change. Maybe uh, I'm lagging. You know what? You know, you're right. I didn't change it. I, I, I'm reading. Perfect. Off power, I'm All reading right. off the PowerPoint. Forgot to strip. Forgot to uh, change it for the viewers. Sorry about that. Um. So next up is Ashton Jainty, um, you know, one of our favorites. He is a third in touches, fourth in yards per game. Uh, fourth is Rasheen Ali out of Marshall. 
Uh, fifth is Kamani Vidal from Troy. He's uh, fifth in touches, but second in total yards per game. Um, next up, uh, I think we're also going to talk about this guy on the waivers is Karan Lynch Adams from UMass, uh, followed by Jalen Buckley, Western Michigan, who that was great to see, I think, this week, see him uh, kind of have another big game besides the week one game. Um, and with Maxon starting up, I just feel like that's just going to continue from here on out for him. Uh, next is uh, Blake Watson uh, from Memphis, uh, 20 touches a game. He ranks eighth there. Uh, Malik Jackson, Jacksonville State. Um, he has kind of been getting the lion's share of the touches for the Jacksonville State. They do share touches. Um, Ron Wiggins has been hurt. Be interesting to see what happens when Wiggins gets back, if that kind of cuts down uh, Malik Jackson's production any. Uh, Harrison Whaley, Wyoming, is next up. Uh, he's been back for two weeks, and as we all expected, uh, when he transferred to Wyoming, he, he's the man in that backfield. Um, and that you know, and and with with Peasley injured, I fully expect them just to kind of feed Whaley as much as they can. And now we'll move into the two new guys this week. Uh, the first one is Kalen Black from JMU. Uh, getting 16 and a half touches and 101 point yards, 101 yards per game. And the other new guy is Larry McCammon, the third from Florida Atlantic. He's also getting 16 touches a game with 111.3 yards per game. Uh, Black is, in my opinion, the most talented running back on the JMU roster. However, they do uh, share carries with Black and Lawton and then McLeod also the quarterback also runs the ball a fair amount as well. Um, and Florida Atlantic as well. Also, they, uh, they share carries there as well with, uh, McCammon and, um, Kobe Lewis and, uh, Mobley there in that backfield. But, you know, these guys are, are doing well, um, with the limited touches they got, you know, eclipsing a hundred yards per game. And that's, uh, that's it for our 2020 running backs. Anything you want to add there, Luke? No, I think you covered it all there. Blake Watson right. continues to be a stud, I guess. Yes, yes. He, I mean, all right. he's, he's their best offensive weapon for sure. Uh, now let's talk about wide receivers. Again, top volume for targets. And then top yards per game, whichever guys met both of those uh, buckets are on this list. Last week we had 10. This week we have 10. Also three new guys. So number one, out of 14 and a half targets per game, LeJonte Wester at Florida Atlantic. Number two, 13.3 targets per game, Torrey Horton, Colorado State. Number three in targets, uh, 13 per game, Terrell Vaughn looked a little iffy there at the beginning of the GMU game, but uh, really got it going there in that second half. Uh, number four, 11.25 targets per game, Eric Brooks. And number 25, Fresno State. Number five, 11 targets per game, Malachi Corley at Western Kentucky. Number 10, so there's a big gap there. Uh, number 10, 9.25, Eric McAllister and a Boise State. And Luke McCaffrey out of Rice. Uh, number 12, 
Uh, Pafuli Ashlock out of Hawaii with 9.2 targets per game. Uh, at nine targets per game, Sam Peakney out of Coastal Carolina and 8.5 targets per game. Colin Lacey out of South Alabama. Our three new wide receivers are Terrell Vaughn, Malachi Corley, and Luke McCaffrey. It's it's funny. It comes that into new, right? yards. Yeah, because you know it. These are you know per game stats, and you have Corley that sat out a game, um, and then you've got Terrell Vaughn who gets a whole bunch because he jumps all the way up to three. Um, but yeah, they've been yard, staples in and out right around there. Out. Yep. So. Um, most in yards is Eric Brooks. So if he was a waiver wire darling for you, uh, good for you, as well as Ashlock from Hawaii. He's ninth in total yards. Torrey Horton being a stud at fourth in total yards. Um, and a guy that might fall out, depending on how this week goes, is Sam Peakney. He's at 20 uh, with 77.75 yards per game. So we'll see how he gets uh, utilized this week. Uh, anybody else that you want to talk about here, Justice? The one encouraging thing, as we talked about last week with LaJonte Wester, is the change in quarterback, and that didn't really seem to affect him. He still got a monster workload. Um, so that was that's great news for LaJonte Wester owners um, with Daniel Richardson to see that you know, he's, he's still the man. I guess a name that I want to just talk a little bit more about because um, if you're new to the G5, you might not be super familiar with pretty much all these names, but especially uh, Eric McAllister out of Boise State. You've had, um, gosh, just talked about this last night in the draft that we did there with a fantasy list. Who, Who got injured? Uh, Latrell Caples. Knock Latrell Caples. And it's kind of like ever since he went down, McAllister really, you know, rose to the occasion. Um, he was fine before, but but now he's really, you know, grabbing some of those targets. So a name to really watch, Eric McAllister at Boise State. And that was my first pick. That was my first round draft pick in our draft last night was McAllister. So here's hoping he has a great week this week. You know, sh- Shout out to was it CFF list? Is that CFF list? Yeah, is that the Twitter? Yep. yep. So, uh, Justice and I were on there, uh, dropped this morning. We did a waiver wire draft, pretty fun. Uh, so I, I would encourage you guys if you have not watched it to go, go watch it and show them some love with uh, some likes and follows. Absolutely. So that does so that does it for a wide receiver. So Justice, let's get into tight ends and let's jumble this all together because a lot of these tight ends are out there on the waivers. So uh, let's talk about our roster ship here, so we can kind of do tight ends all in one fail swoop. Uh, who do you want? Who are the producers? And who do we want off the waivers? Yeah. So. Um... With with the uh, tight ends, we just kind of do these. We kind of just look man, look at these guys. Um, we don't necessarily do the the twenty twenty bucket just because the it'd be the same 
20 guys every week, I feel like. I don't know if we even had 20 guys we're talking about. But the one thing I do want to point out, the first time this season, we have a tight end who would be in the 2020 bucket as a wide receiver. Um, and that's Dallin Holker, Colorado State, averaging nine targets a game and 80 yard, 80.3 yards per game. If, if he, we combined him with the receivers, he would have been in that 2020 slide. So that's, that's pretty awesome for a, uh, for a tight end. Um, and he yep. very well could be, you know, tight end two on the season, maybe right behind Brock, Brock Bowers um, with all the recent injuries. Uh, but yeah. And his roster ship last week, you know, we did mention him as a waiver ad cause he was below 30%. He's not below 30% anymore. He's 69%. Um, and I expect that to go even higher, nice. especially after the uh, the week he just had. Yes. Um, the next tight end on the list, uh, also for for those watching on YouTube or Twitter, the and this particular um, graphic, the asterisk is not new guys. The asterisks are guys for waiver wire pickups because they are rostered uh, less than thirty percent. The next tight end we have on the list is Tanner Koziol, Ball State, seven and a half targets a game, um, just a shade under 38 yards per game with an A dot of 7.7. Um, and he's averaging just uh, over nine and a half points or 9.6 points a game. Our third tight end is a waiver wire ad, and that's Cade Conley out of Marshall, averaging 5.3 targets, 49.7 yards per game. A dot of five, um, also nine point six three points per game. Very similar to Kozial, um, but he's only rostered in six percent of leagues. Uh, the next tight end is JJ McAfee from Georgia Southern, also a potential waiver add. However, I want to just mention that he had been injured the last couple weeks. He did not play last week. Um, in his stead. Keaton Upshaw, the transfer from Kentucky, has kind of kind of stepped in uh, for him at Georgia Southern. And, you know, if, if McAfee is out again, uh, Upshaw could be a, you know, potential a waiver wire ad as well, uh, bye week fill-in. Be interesting to kind of see what they do with both of those guys when they're, when they're both healthy and back. Uh, the next tight end on the list is Mark Redmond. They, they really throw the ball around a lot. They do. They do. They they got three receivers and a tight end that are all worthy of being rostered, especially in, in the deeper leagues. Uh, Mark Redmond, San Diego State's our next tight end. Um, he is not a waiver ad. He's 40%, 46% owned. Um, he was a waiver ad in previous weeks, but his, his ownership has gone up quite a bit. Um, this next guy, um, he's someone that I've added in some leagues, some deeper leagues where I needed tight end help, and that's Justin Jolly at Connecticut. He's averaging five and a half targets a game, 37.75 yards, an A dot of nine and a half, 6.62 points per game. Um, and he's only rostered in 3% of leagues. This uh, this next guy is also a waiver wire ad. And, you know, other than I'd say maybe Fannin, who's who we're talking about next, he's probably my one of the top tight end ads for me just because of the insane amount of passing volume that UAB um, has shown so far this year. And that's Bryce Damos 
He's uh, getting four and a half targets a game, 33 yards, eight out of 5.4, but he's averaging 10.3 points per game. He's kind of going between, I feel like, 14 and seven points a game. And it's all dependent on when he gets a touchdown, if he gets a touchdown that week. Um, he's only 2% owned uh, currently. And that will, he was my, he's the tight end I drafted um, in our uh, waiver wire draft last night. Uh, next up, Harold Fannin Jr. And UAB, they throw the ball a lot too. So there's the opportunity. Always the opportunity. Absolutely. With that, with that volume, like that, uh, you can't really ask for much more for, for a tight end there. Um, Harold Fannin Jr., Bowling Green, who sat out last week due to injury. Um, so if he's on your roster, make sure he's going to play this week before you start him. Um, and he's someone I feel like by the end of the year, like he's going to, you know, when he gets healthy, he, he's someone that's going to produce pretty well for you at tight end. He's currently only 21% owned. He's averaging five targets a game, 48 yards per game, and 10 and a half points per game. Um, next up is Neil Johnson, uh, Louisiana Lafayette. He's someone that seems to get a lot of targets, um, but he isn't necessarily catching a lot of the targets. Um, he's averaging 4.75 targets a game, only 26 yards, a dot of seven, and 6.85 points per game. He's also a potential waiver wire add with uh, only 1% ownership. Uh, this next guy is not a waiver wire ad. He was a uh, heavy favorite uh, of drafters early on this year at the tight end position. That's RJ Maryland at SMU, averaging four and a half targets a game, 30 yards, uh, and 7.55 points per game. And this last guy I kind of threw on here just as a hey, pay attention. Um, and that's Holden Willis, Middle Tennessee State. He has tight end eligibility at uh, on fan tracks, and he had double-digit targets this past week. Um, and in a game against Western Kentucky, he could see that again in a game they have to pass. He's averaging 4.6 targets per game, 47.3 yards per game with an A dot of 7.2 and 11.07 uh, points per game, and he his roster ship on um, fan track is zero percent. So once again, he's a little bit of a cheat code. I think he's really more of a receiver, but he does have that tight end eligibility for Middle Tennessee State. So that that takes care of the tight end producers and the the waivers for tight end. Next up is the uh, waiver quarterbacks with Luke. All right, so if you're looking at this, there are quite a few great quarterbacks still out there. Uh, this is in a six-point passing league. Um, if you want to go check out us on YouTube, I I would prefer prefer that just because I don't like to regurgitate all these stats. But these are guys that um, are thrown for a lot of yards and a lot of attempts and are under our 30% or less roster ship. I've also added touchdowns you know, to this slide here to talk about. So I'll go through the names, uh, the school, the roster percentage, and then uh, talk about just a couple of these guys that I, I really like. So uh, Diego Pavia, New Mexico State, he's rostered in 17% of leagues. Uh, also, uh, the other thing, I like to try to pick guys who are right around that 20 
points per game or more because I feel like 20 points per game doesn't kill you in a week, especially if you, you know, are streaming or whatnot. But if you can get something in that 30 points per game range, well, hey, we might we might have something here. Uh, and then there's some guys, uh, if you're watching, that have got uh, asterisks by. A lot of these guys are in our 2020 bucket or our 30 our top 20 for attempts and top 24 yards per game. So I don't want to talk about them a whole bunch. So like Jacob Zeno, UAB, 19%. Mikey Keene, Fresno State, 27%. That baffles me that he's still under 30. Uh, McKay Hillstead, Utah State, he's only 1% rostered. He's getting you uh, 20.15 points per game. Uh, we'll talk about him a little bit because Utah State's been pass happy. Yeah, he threw uh, the has been yards. benched. It's been like he he's the guy, 26.3 attempts per game, 206 yards per game, seven touchdowns. Uh, Cole Snyder, Buffalo, he's 7% rostered. EJ Warner, Temple, 27% rostered, which he had a lot of buzz. Uh, in the draft season, so I'm kind of surprised that that number is so low. Um, the fun name here that I want to talk about is Jace Bauer slash Burt Emanuel. I want to talk about both of them. Both of them are rostered in less than 30% of leagues. I don't know how Burt Emanuel is still not rostered in 30% of leagues. Both for Central Michigan, 2% roster ship for Jace Bauer, uh, 23% for Burt Emanuel, Points per game in a six-point passing touchdown league, 15.26 for Jace and 16.81 for Burt. Jace is going to do it a little bit more through the air. Burt's going to do it a little more on the ground. Attempts are 14.75 for Jace and 12.33 for Burt. Now yards per game, passing for Jace is 95.25. And for Burt is 95.33. Now then when it comes to the rushing, you've got 31.5 yards rushing for Jace Bauer and 61.3 for Bertie Manuel. Touchdowns, passing, Jace Bauer has one and five on the ground. I believe he had four this last week. Yes, he did. And then uh, three for Bertie Manuel in the air and two on the ground. They went with a hot hand approach in this this game, and they stuck with Jace Bauer. You know, he had Bert that was sick last week, and then Jace came in this week. That's two weeks that Jace has outperformed Bert. You've got Maction starting. This is something I'm watching. If you've got unlimited waivers, I mean, it's going to be a headache, but. I, you're going to want the Central Michigan quarterback. If they can settle on one. And then hopefully you just play basketball. Want them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so go out there, check that out. Uh, Braden uh, Fowler, uh, Nicolosi for Colorado State is 6% owned. Uh, Nicholas uh, Vatiato, Middle Tennessee State, 3% owned. Those two guys are in our buckets, our 2020 buckets. Uh, Jalen Rayner, my player of the week this week, 1% owned out of uh, Arkansas State. His one game, 
uh, averaging 30.92 points per game in six-point passing touchdown leagues, uh, 13.5 attempts, 155.5 yards passing, and four touchdowns. Gunner Watson and Troy, 2% owned. TJ Finley dropped out of our 2020 bucket at Texas State. He's at 25% owned. 26.35 points per game. You're going to want to pick pick him up. I can't – being in the under 30% is criminal, yeah. I think, for TJ Finley. Uh, JT Daniels Rice is 14% owned. He's actually looked pretty good, uh, especially this last week. JT Daniels finally may have found a home, and who would have known that it was Rice? Rice, out of all places, would have been that stop for him. And then a guy that's I just had to put on here, 7% owned. Keon Jenkins, freshman, FIU. He's been tearing it up. He dropped out of our 2020, uh, and they've got a bye this week, I believe. But 19.83 points per game in six-point passing touchdown leagues. You need to go pick up. Jenkins. Justice, hit us with the running backs. All right. So for the uh, the G5 waiver running backs this week, uh, tops on the list we talked about in the news and notes, that's uh, Emmanuel Michelle out of Air Force. He is only 6% owned, um, and he's averaging 17.05 points per game. Uh, go pick him up if you need running back help. Air Force is going to run the ball, and he is the one getting the, the bulk, the lion's share of the carries there. Um, this next guy up is uh, Luke drafted him last night uh, as one of his running backs uh, in our uh, waiver wire draft, and that was Dean Connors out of Rice, only 1% owned. Now, he, he, he's sharing the backfield, but – he is doing he's doing a lot with those limited touches. He's averaging uh, 16.83 points per game, only 11, you know, shade over 11 touches a game, but he's getting 83 total yards per game. He's doing it both rushing and receiving and scoring touchdowns. Uh, next and up is a, playing a team that's throwing the ball. He he gets in there and gets a lot of receptions. I think he's had maybe uh 11 target game and a eight target game or something like that, where he had like seven and nine receptions. Uh, USF this last weekend, he, he had quite a bit of receptions. So if they're playing from behind, they're going to use Dean Connors. Yes. Uh, these next two guys, um, they're in our 2020 bucket. And so they really shouldn't be uh, below that 30% uh, threshold there, but they are. Um, and so the first guy is someone I drafted last night um, in our waiver draft, and that's Karan Adams out of UMass. He's only 28% owned. Um, hopefully next week uh, he's above that 30% mark. He's averaging 16.56 points per game, and he's averaging over 100 total yards per game. And then the other one that's in our 2020 bucket is Malik Jackson out of Jacksonville State. He's only 26% owned. He's also averaging over 100 yards a game at 106.75. Uh, next up is Lorenzo Lingard at Akron. Um, he's only 16% owned. He hasn't done a whole lot to this point, um, but with Maxion starting up, I, I feel like he's someone that's going to kind of get fired up uh, in conference play. He's uh, he's only averaging 11 total touches a game, 
but he is getting almost 85 yards a game with those 11 touches. Um, next up is someone we also talked about in our uh, news and notes, and that's Anthony Watkins out of Tulsa. It looks like he's taking over that backfield. He is only 1% owned. Um, so go out. If you, if you, if you need some uh, running back help, he can certainly, I think, help you there. Uh, next up is freshman from UNLV who just had a monster week and also a guy that I drafted in our waiver list last night, our waiver wire draft. And that's Jaden Thomas out of UNLV. He's getting limited touches, but he's doing a lot with those touches, those limited touches. Um, and hopefully, you know, he's shown what he can do and UNLV is going to get him the ball more often and stop, stop sharing it around a little bit. Uh, but he is he is zero percent owned in fan tracks. Uh, I'm sure that's a rounding thing. I, I know he, I know he's he was owned in at least one of my leagues already. Um, he's averaging 17.1 points per game. He's getting 10.25 total touches and 56 total yards per game. And they play Hawaii this week, so I, I, I'm hoping he can repeat last week's uh, 100 yard multiple touchdown performance. Speaking of big weeks, uh, this guy crushed it this past week for Texas State. Ishmael Mahdi, uh, he's only 5% oh, owned. Um, he, he was – I'm pretty sure he was drafted last night in our waiver draft, right? Because um, I think they're playing Nevada or no. I don't remember. I think so. Fresno State's playing Nevada, who's the next guy on our list. Um, but Mahdi is averaging 20.4 points per game. Um like I said, Fresno State, Elijah Gilliam is next, uh, and they are playing Nevada, who just gave up that monster game to Mahdi. Um, Gilliam's only 18% owned. He's averaging 18.48 points per game, and as Luke said, looks like he's definitely the, the, the goal line back in that situation at Fresno State. For a t- team that scores a lot of points, that's a, that's a very lucrative spot. And the final waiver wire uh, running back ad, who was also drafted in that waiver wire draft last night, Rajay Harris out of East Carolina, only 9% owned. Um, last two weeks, he's been pretty steady with like 50 yards and a touchdown each each you know each of the last two weeks. He's averaging 11 and a half points per game. Um, and like I say, he's only 9% owned. So all these guys, you know, if you need some running back help in deeper leagues, these, these are guys I'd be looking at. Um, and hopefully next week, uh, Karan Abs and Malik Jackson, who are both 2020 guys for us in terms of volume and, and total yards, that they're above that 30% threshold. Now we're going to move on to the wide receivers. Yeah, let's get them there, guys. All right. So names here that I want to touch on. We've got Jacoby or Jacob uh, Cabote, uh, Louisiana Lafayette, 3% owned, averaging 15.6 points per game. Now here's where it gets a little bit interesting. He's actually a wide receiver running back hybrid that you can uh, possibly use as a cheat code. He's only averaging half of a reception a game, but he's averaging 8.75 rushes per game. And actually, I believe he's leading his team in rushes. In attempts, yeah. Is that is that correct, it's, Justice? Yeah, 33 attempts. He's the leading, yep. leading so, attempt guy for Louisiana Lafayette. 
So you get one target a game, half a reception. So you're pretty much getting the yards on the ground. He's getting you 18.5 yards per game from receiving, but 91 yards per game rushing. Maybe a cheat code there to look out for. A guy that we talked about earlier is Eric McAllister. He's 8% owned, so I don't want to talk too much more about him. But then... Justice Ross Simmons, Colorado State, 18% owned. He's getting you 14.35 points per game. That's He's got the target, 7.7. He's getting you almost five receptions a game. Torrey Horton's gone after this year. You're going to have Justice Ross Simmons probably be that guy. Let's pick him up. Uh, You're going to want Justice Ross Simmons on your team for Dynasty. Lawrence Keys, the third, Tulane, he's 5% rostered, getting you 17.7 points per game. He's getting five targets, practically catching all of them at 4.25. Oh, sorry, he's got 6.25 targets and 4.25 receptions a game, getting you about 86 yards per game. Cole Wilson for Texas State has been the beneficiary there. He's got 18%. Eight or 14.18 points per game. And like I said, just about catching everything thrown his way. Five targets, 4.25 receptions per game, getting you close to 70 yards in the air. Chris Lewis, Troy's been throwing the ball around a lot, and they've got a good defense. He's got a 0% roster ship. Again, probably a rounding thing, but 12.15 points per game. If you need a bye week fill-in, I'd be happy with 12.15. He's getting three receptions on 5.75 targets per game. He's getting you about 60 yards. Then a, a name that we need to talk about is Naheem Simmons for UCF or USF at the Bulls. They're throwing the ball around a lot. You've got the new head coach, former offensive coordinator for Tennessee running that same type of offense. He's getting you 15.68 points per game. 3.75 receptions per game is what he averages on 6.25 targets, and he's getting you 89.25 yards per game. Uh, Justice, is there anything you want to touch more on on Naheem Simmons? Um, Well, I'd say both Lewis Simmons and and then your last guy. I feel like the last two weeks, the the targets have increased steadily. and so, you know, given the volume of passing of, of Troy, USF, and Memphis, those are those are three guys I'm really interested in. And and you know, based on the rochership percentage, I mean, they're they're pretty much available in, in a lot of leagues. And so, if you need um, if you need some wide receiver, so let me get else, to the last guy. I um, rocked. So rock Taylor, Memphis, one percent owned. So Charlie, Chris Lewis. Uh, Troy, 0% owned. Naheem Simmons, 1% owned. Rock Taylor out of Memphis, 1% owned. He's getting you 14.48 points per game, giving you uh, 5.25 receptions per game on 7.25 targets and 74.25 yards per game. And like Justice said, those three have steadily increased in their workload. As we get here into uh, week five, teams are kind of understanding what they can and can't do and who they can rely on. And if you're starting to see your work increase here into week five, there's probably, you know, something to be said there. And if you're looking for Chris Lewis, I think he's actually listed in fan tracks. I think he's listed as Christian Lewis. So 
you type in Chris Lewis and nothing pops up, type in Christian Lewis, uh, wide receiver for Troy. Also, Cole Wilson, Texas State, is K-O-L-E, not C. And Those are your helpful he... spelling tips from the G5 Hive. <laughs> Cole's kind of been, the, the, I feel like, the steady guy for Texas State, right? He's not like – no one's really, like, popping off crazy, I feel like. Um, but Cole's kind of always there. He might not always be the top guy, but he's always, like – I feel like he's always top two every week, and the top guy might vary a little more. So um, he's giving you that consistency week in and week out. I think that's it, right? Yeah, I think that's all of our that's all of our pickups. That's all the uh, that's it for the uh, for the waivers. There, we wanted to spend a few minutes talking about um, some matchups this week with um, G five versus P five. So the first one is yeah. So we've got Bowling Green two games here. Uh, Bowling Green hasn't been spectacular. Uh, George Tech's been actually a little bit better than I anticipated with that new coaching change. Um, their offense looks a little bit more explosive. Uh, is it Haynes King there yep. now as their quarterback? Yep, and then they they got they got their uh, own cheat code pretty too good. With Jamal so Haynes. we'll see how that game plays out. So. Uh, and then Louisiana versus Minnesota. Minnesota just lost to Northwestern. Um, so we'll, we'll see how this, this game goes. We could ha- we could be talking about this game come next week. Yeah, I mean, if I had to pick which one is going to be the potential upset, I'm going to take Louisiana over Minnesota. I don't, I, don't, I, I don't see a world where Bowling Green beats Georgia Tech, but um, I, I, can see, I can see a world where Louisiana possibly beats Minnesota. I mean, just as to be fair, I didn't see a world that ODU beats Wake Forest, but that, that almost, almost happened. happened. Yeah, it did. It did. But yeah, but it didn't, right? <laughs> you know, close only counts in horseshoes and hands, yeah, as they say, right? <laughs> yep. So not, not, not to spend too much time not to talk about P5, but since we mentioned Minnesota, um, there is a potential injury for Darius Taylor. So if you own him, stay tuned uh, this week. See how he uh, how he's looking. Yeah, I would I would assume they'll take the week off. Um, that Minnesota. Yeah, if there's any, if there's any question for sure. A whole bunch uh, behind Fleck. So, well, yes. I think that does it for us tonight, Justice. Absolutely. So. Uh, Next week, we'll be right back with uh, going full bore with that sweet, sweet nectar from the uh, G5 and Week 5, bringing you all the news for the Swarm and everything else we can find concerning G5 college football. We want to thank you all for your support. Uh, please like, subscribe, we retweet, um, comment, leave five-star reviews, all that stuff, uh, wherever you're watching or listening, whether it be YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. All those, um, all those things kind of help, help, uh, help us, um, help you. So, uh, you know, hit that like button, 
hit the subscribe and we appreciate it. If you've got anything, again, this is something new to us. We felt like there was a, uh, a market for G5 news. People love G5 football. If there's something that you want to see different, if there's something you want to see more of, uh, you know, more of justice, less of Luke, um, things like that. Feel free. DMS are always open. You can get us, uh, at our personal accounts at justice underscore two, three, one, eight, or myself at probasco Luke, or on our G five account at G five hive. Feel free to DM us. Feedback is, is always, uh, questions you want help. We're always you know. looking for feedback, how we can make this better for you guys. Yeah, you want lineup help? You want to, hey, is this a guy I need to go after? Feel free to let us know. Hey, and if you're coaches that are watching, because I know a couple of you coaches are out there watching, if you want to come on as be a guest, we would love to have you on. Feel free to DM us. Uh, players, I know that there's a couple players out there watching us. Feel free. We'd love to have you on. We'd love to chat it up. Uh, get this uh, G- Get more eyes on the G5. That's what we're trying to do, ultimately. So, uh, you know, G5 for the win. Absolutely. And with that, uh, we'll see you next week.